Amen. I want to say welcome to Calvary Bible Church. It's good to have you here to worship with us today. I'm Pastor Jeremy, the senior pastor here. And you see our praise team making their way on down to their seats. We have changed some things up. Uh, three special things going on today. One is we're going to be having an all-church meal um, after Sunday school in the gymnasium. And so if you get distracted by the smell of lasagna, uh, please don't lose your train of thought. And uh, we'd invite everybody to stay for that. Even if you didn't sign up, uh, please do stay for that. And um, we should have plenty of everything. And then the other things that are going on is we're going to have a baby dedication here in just a moment. We've got uh, some families that are here and some guests that are here for that special day. And so we're going to be recognizing that in just a few minutes. And then at the end of our service, we're going to be observing communion. And you're seated, and you're going to be seated for a little while because we wanted to go ahead and I wanted to challenge us with this area um, regarding dedicating children to the Lord, what part you can have as a church, what part we can have as parents. And so it is something that's going on that's very serious today. I'd like before we go any further for us to bow in prayer and ask for God's blessing on the service. Heavenly Father, as we look to you, we would commit this time to you where we would come and open your word and be challenged by it, where we would uh, look at the people we're surrounded with, brothers and sisters in Christ, and the blessing and encouragement that it is uh, to come and to see people that have Christ in common and have goals in common um, as we walk through this world. We would ask that you would bless this service. Thank you for the families that are here. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity for us to observe communion in a little while. And even a little bit later on for us to sing some more songs um, and worship through the offering. We give you praise and glory for everything that is said in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we're a little bit backwards, but I want to just ask you to give me your attention by about 10 minutes, maybe 15, as I talk about this idea of dedication to the Lord. As parents, oftentimes we are working very hard to do everything within our power to bring our kids up in a way where they will follow God. And that's the idea here with uh, dedicating children to the Lord. I want to make sure nobody has any uh, misunderstandings about what's going on. And we're going to look at a few passages of Scripture. In fact, if you have a Bible, would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1? 1 Samuel chapter 1 is the first place. Well, that's the only place I'm going to ask you to turn, and then we'll put some other verses up on the screen. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one in the pew rack in front of you. Please do grab one of those and follow along. As you're finding that, let me tell you a a parenting story that um, is a learning experience for my wife and I. There was several years ago, in fact, it was about 16 years ago, we were getting ready for a trip. And as we were getting ready, we lived here in Lapeer County, and we got the car ready to go see family. We had at least a five-hour trip ahead of us. And when you've got little ones, you've got to do quite a bit of prep work ahead of time. And so uh, Jack was 16 months old at the time. And we got ready for this long trip. It was in November. And as we were getting ready to go, we had him all set in the car seat. And we had uh, the snacks in place. Five hours worth of baby snacks is what we had. Uh, You know, juice in the cup. And I think at that point we probably had one of the... Back then you used to have to get the little 
uh, DVD players and play them for someone and change the DVDs. It's a lot easier today for you parents. But we had them all set up. And as we left our home, we made one little stop on our way out. The pastor of the church uh, where we were at had asked, they were out of town, they said, would you just stop by really quick and would you uh, uh, water our plants for us? Maybe do something else. And so we drove just about five minutes to their house and Tina and I knew what we had to do. And it was a misty November day. And as we went, we said, well, let's go do it together and that way we'll get it done quickly and we'll uh, come back out and get going. And so as we went in the house and did the things that they asked us to do, we got all that done, and uh, we were pleased for that. And then we had the trip in front of us. So went back out to the car, and both of us went to open the car doors, and we found ourselves with a 16-month-old baby and the car running, and all the doors to the car were locked. Well, we went into panic mode. What are we going to do? Uh, of course, we went to find a wire hanger inside and see if we could finagle that in there. All the windows were shut tight, and um, the heat was on, so there was no danger um, as far as getting too cold. But as mom and dad, we did not know what to do. We were stuck, and we uh, thought and walked through it and went through all of our options. And, of course, all the panic goes into your mind. What could happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Um, you know, I, I remember Tina even saying, I wonder if child services are going to take away our child because we've done this. And we walked through what our options were, and I think the Lord uh, gave me the idea. We had purchased the car not too long before that from a dealership here in the Lapeer area, and I called them up, and I presented it as a 911 emergency. I said, we have a baby that is in the car, a ba- and the car is running, and we are locked out. I said, we purchased the car from there. Is there anything that you can do to help us with this? And they said, sir, calm down, just like that. And they said, if you give us the VIN number off of the car, we can actually cut you a new key and bring it out there. And I said, wonderful. And uh, so I gave them the VIN number. They went to work to cut us a new key for that car to help us with our emergency. Now, in the meantime, we're going and we're looking at our precious gift that God has given to us there. And as he's there, I mean, he was set. He, he was probably halfway through Toy Story 1. He had Cheerios to last him five hours. He had a juice. He was, he was thrilled. And he's watching us outside in a panic, running around, wondering how we're going to fix this problem. And it has a good ending. They thankfully came uh, to us where we were at. We gave them the address and they drove me a key to that car and we opened it up and of course we got our son and we hugged him and loved on him and everything turned out okay. As parents, we do everything that we can ahead of time to prepare, to plan for the worst, to go over the things that can go wrong. We did everything that we could and yet some things are still going to come up that we did not foresee. And this is very well burned into my mind. And this was a panic situation for us. And please don't think we're bad parents. We're really not. We just say, and we're, and we're still not sure how the doors got locked and we're done arguing about who locked the doors. Having said that, oftentimes as parents, we have the best intentions. We do everything we can to prepare. We do everything we can to protect. 
And those are a couple themes that I want to talk about just before we have some of these beautiful babies come up here. Protection and preparation. Most parents think about what they need to do to protect their children, to prepare them for life. And I think it's fair to say, and God's word clearly teaches, that it is a top priority for anyone who God has entrusted with children that they are to lead their children to the place where they want to commit themselves to teaching them to do God's will. I've asked you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, and this is a familiar story. Of course, in 1 Samuel 1, Samuel is one of the main characters in 1 Samuel, and here we actually come to the point before Samuel was born, and what God did um, to bring him into Hannah's life, and it really is a wonderful story, and we see dedication taking place here, and that's why I've brought us there. Before I start reading in verse number 9, let me just give you a little bit of background. Hannah was a woman who wanted a son, and the Bible tells us that God had closed her womb, so she was not having children, and it wasn't just a small thing to her. She was grieved that she did not have any children, and specifically a son. And that's going to take us up to verse number 9, where she is actually worshiping. And there's a priest there that observes Hannah, and he sees her grief, and he gets the wrong idea about what is going on. A little bit of background there, and then we're going to see what takes place and lead up to the dedication of this child to the Lord. Look look with me at 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting in verse 9. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed Look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. So we see a dedication taking place here and she mentions no razor shall touch his head. And that is a reference to a Nazarite vow that would be taken from some children that would be given to the Lord. Um, We think of Samson and that vow that his parents took. That's a, a similar kind of vow. So that's the prayer that she prays. In verses 10 through 18, you noticed earlier that Eli is watching. He's looking on, and he sees this woman whose lips are moving, but um, no sound is coming out, and he assumes that she is drunk is what Eli thinks. He looks at her and believes that she is drunk. And then we pick it up in verse number 19. Look at verse 19. We'll read down to the end of the chapter. After, I should say, they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and went back to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Now, right before this, we see that Eli, seeing Hannah and seeing her uh, weeping, he says, the Lord give you whatever you have asked. So the Lord grant you your desire to have a son. Uh, Look at verse 20. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. The man, Elkanah, and all his house went up to offer 
to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and pay his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he, that's Eli, worshipped the Lord there. And so what we find here is something beautiful in that Hannah in her time of desperation, makes a vow to the Lord, and she does not forget her commitment. Now, when we fast forward to the New Testament, which gives us much of what we use um, for our guidelines for today, in the New Testament, we do not find it repeated that the church should have a Nazarite vow, okay? We don't have to make a dedication about um, no razor ever coming to a child's head. And thankfully, we don't have three-year-olds getting dropped off here at the church and left here for the pastor to take care of. I'm very glad for that. But we do have a principle here. There is a principle of dedication of our lives to the Lord. Let me point out Romans chapter 12, where we see this principle. You can see it on the screen. Where the Apostle Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is talking about dedication to the Lord. It's not specifically talking about children, but there's no doubt that anyone who would follow God, there is a directive here that they would present their bodies a living sacrifice. I've oftentimes wondered if it's harder to die for God or if it's harder to live for God. And I think it's interesting that when the Apostle Paul writes this here, that he does not say, I command you. What does he say instead? See it there? He says, I appeal to you. Now, did Paul have the authority where he could have said, I, where he could have said, I command you to do this? Well, sure. We find plenty of places where there are commands that come uh, from the Holy Spirit through the pen of Paul. But instead here, Paul writes, I appeal to you. Why is this not a command? Well, I think that it's because God is wanting us to respond to this idea of dedication, not because, of it's, a com- not because it's a command, but instead because of our love for God. He wants us to see the love that God has for us and to respond by saying, I will dedicate my life as a sacrifice to you, O Lord. 
And whatever you give to me, whatever I am a steward of here in this world, I will give to you. You see, it's supposed to be a response of spiritual worship, as it says there. And when we consider dedication to the Lord, specifically when it comes to children, we need to understand that parents that want to raise their children to follow God, we get good instruction from Ephesians chapter 6, where it says to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's fairly vague. The discipline and instruction of the Lord. What does God mean when he says that? How can we do that? Because we all want to know that, right? Even as grandparents, you want to know that. You want to know how we can do that. Well, as I said before, we don't have a Nazarite vow. We follow those rules. But we do instead find a unique application for families today. And I want to bring us to one more scripture and then we're going to have the children come up. The last scripture is Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're back in the Old Testament, but there's a very practical application for us here. Verses 6 and 7 of Deuteronomy 6, it says, all these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. And then it gives us some details. As teach them to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. I think what the Word of God is challenging us to here is, is to take advantage of those spontaneous moments where we can teach those who we influence about God. Those spontaneous moments. Let's look at just a couple of them. When they walk along the road. This is very, very applicable for them in that day because how did they get everywhere? They walked, right? So when you go for a walk with your family, you are to teach them the ways of God. And then it also says, when you lie down. Uh, first of all, that, that one before us, when you go somewhere, when you walk on the road, I would apply that to a car ride today. When you go for a car ride. Teach your children the ways of God. Take opportunity to teach them that. And then it says when you lie down. Well, I want to suggest this is a great one for us to teach those who we can influence. Because if you've ever had a young person who you've tried to send to bed, do they ever want to go to bed? No, they don't. That's a great opportunity to tell them the story about God, what God has done, what God is to you. And I think it's common that those children will say, can we just have one more story, Mommy? Can we just have one more story, Daddy? So when they lie down. So this scripture from Deuteronomy 6 is very, very helpful to us. I had one father not too long ago in my office and he saw uh, these, these books here. I have a little stack of them. And he had told me, we've completely worn ours out. And I said, take another one. Here, have one. Take another one. If you're going to use these books and teach your children the ways of God, please take another one. We are doing all that we can to lead our children to the Jesus that we have met. This is dedication. This is not salvation. Let's be clear about that. Because we go through a time like this does not mean that a baby is going to go to heaven years later. That's not what that means. Instead, what's happening, in essence, we are saying, Lord, he belongs to you. 
Or, Lord, I am going to do everything so that he or she will follow you. And one more word that I will say. It doesn't have to be a ceremony like this. I suspect that there are many that are among us today that have had a time when you were in your child's bedroom. Maybe you just held your hand up over your child when they were sleeping. Or maybe they were on your mind early in the morning or late at night. And you have had a time where you have said, God, I dedicate them to you. Let me do what I can to lead them in a way where they will follow you. It doesn't have to be done in a public setting like we're doing today. But what we're doing today is asking all of you who are part of Calvary to be a part of this. There are different ways that you can be involved Um, I've taken the names of the parents and the children and we've printed them off and put some of them in the foyer. I'm going to ask some of you that are praying people to commit yourself to praying for these families because do you think that in the day we live in, it is a piece of cake to raise children to follow Jesus Christ? No, it is not. And so they're going to do their best and that's why they've agreed to be part of this uh, service today. But also we want you as a church family and we'll have you participate in a little bit to join with these parents and helping them to raise their children to follow Jesus Christ. And so child dedication, parents are to dedicate their children to the Lord and commit to teaching them to do 